Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. It is the Built by Bama online podcast, and it is daybreak for Wednesday, June the 17th, 2020. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BOL, with you three mornings per week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Friday, providing you with that much-needed cup of crimson tide to get your day underway. And how about a bit of a bombshell on Tuesday night? to get you into Wednesday, as on the recruiting front, the Alabama Crimson Tide landed its eighth commitment for the 2021 recruiting cycle, this one in the form of a dynamic playmaker on the offensive side of the ball, in Christian Leary, a 5'9", 180-pound, four-star wide receiver from Edgewater High School in Orlando, Florida. With the commitment of Larry Alabama now with three wide receivers in the boat for the 2021 cycle, Larry joins Ja'Cory Brooks, Ajay Hall as the third wide receiver in this group. Now, as you know, if you pay attention to us there at BamaOnline.com, especially site publisher Tim Watts and recruiting analyst Hank South, they've guided you through this process, which has expected to see perhaps four wide receivers in this class. So you're sitting at three right now. Two of those guys in Brooks and Ajay Hall, both six foot three. Leary, more along the lines of a Jalen Waddle at 5'9", 180, a guy that you can get the football in the quick passing game on some easy touches, and he can take care of it from there. A documented 10-5 guy in the 100 meters. So that tells you the sort of explosiveness we're talking about here with Alabama's latest commitment, Christian Leary. Also a guy like Waddle who projects very nicely to the return game. You check out Christian Leary's highlight clips there on his profile at 247sports.com. It doesn't take long into those to see him do his thing on a punt return down there in Central Florida. So Leary, who was primarily recruited by Jeff Banks of the Alabama staff, also an assist to Holman Wiggins, Alabama's wide receivers coach, becomes one of the few Orlando area prospects that we've seen make their way to the capstone. Now, you had ha-ha Clinton Dix and D. Hart as a part of that 2011 signing class. I guess you could go way back, right? Thomas Rayum, remember the big defensive lineman for the Crimson Tide? Had the block of the short chip shot field goal in the final seconds of Alabama's win at Penn State in 1989. There's another one for you. But again, if you have been paying attention to Tim Watts and Hank South, this one shouldn't come as a major surprise. Although, where there had been an expectation that perhaps this could go down with Larry here in recent weeks, the timing seemed to get pushed back from time to time. But there he is, Christian Larry, four-star, top 20 wide receiver prospect in the nation for the class of 2021 recruiting cycle, has committed to the Alabama Crimson Tide.
Speaking of utility-type players in the Alabama Crimson Tide, on Tuesday, we learned the destination for former Alabama wide receiver, running back, defensive back, Chadarius Townsend. Chadarius Townsend taking his talents to the Big 12, where he will look to make an impact for the Texas Tech Red Raiders at the running back position primarily. The Red Raiders in need of some too-deep help there. And Townsend may very well be able to provide that over the next two seasons. Big fan of Lubbock, Texas, by the way. I think it gets a bit of a a rap. Look, you've got the Buddy Holly Museum out there in Lubbock. And if you're Chadarius Townsend and you like barbecue, which as we all do, we love barbecue. You've got Evie Mays Barbecue out there. Some of the best Texas brisket beef ribs you will ever put in your mouth. If you're a fan of summer snow from your time in Tuscaloosa, Chadarius, check out Bahama Bucks. They'll take care of you in that regard. Ultimately, best of luck to Chadarius Townsend in his final two seasons out there in the Big 12 with Texas Tech. Really cool story also on Tuesday involving former Alabama quarterback Tua Tagovailoa as we learned that Tua has established an endowment for scholarships at his alma mater, the St. Louis School out there in Honolulu. 300000 the endowment committed by Tua Tagovailoa. And over the next four years, a St. Louis school student will receive a scholarship in the name of one of Tua's four grandparents. And this is just another reason that even with the injury history that Tua has compiled here over the last three seasons, a safe pick. This is a guy that you want as the face of your franchise, and the Miami Dolphins have to feel even better about that after Tuesday's news. Really cool story, really good stuff from Tua Tonga-Vailoa involving St. Louis School and his alma mater. All right, let's get into talking about an over-under for the Alabama defense where interceptions for the upcoming season are concerned. A lot of production, a lot of starters moving on after the 2019 season. Really, when you look at the two safety spots, the star position, one of the corners, yeah, other than Patrick Sertan II and the expectation that Jordan Battle will be an every-down player in his own right, Sertan's going to be interesting because it could be that he works at both corner and star. Battle, you expect to be out there down in and down out at the safety position. Once you get behind those two guys, you start kind of scratching your head and trying to figure out where the production's going to come from at the defensive back spots. We'll get into that over-under. Projected over-under for the Alabama defense where interceptions are concerned when a Wednesday edition of Daybreak on the Built by Bama online podcast returns right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, so let's get into establishing an over-under for interceptions by the Alabama defense in the 2020 season. Let's get it going with some high and low watermarks for Alabama in the Nick Saban era. 
Got to go back to 2009 for that high water mark. How about 24 interceptions for that 2009 national championship defense, which featured Mark Barron, seven interceptions that season. Javier Arenas, one of my all-time favorite players in general at the University of Alabama. The undersized defensive back, outstanding kick and punt returner as well. Javi with five picks in 2009. Kareem Jackson also with multiple interceptions. Justin Woodall in his final season as a safety for the Crimson Tide was in that mix. Even at linebacker with Rolando McLean as the every down option, the Buckus Award winner during that same season. Rolando very good in every aspect of linebacker play at the collegiate level. Conversely, for a low water mark, you look at the 2013 and 2014 seasons when specifically pointing out interception seasons in the Nick Saban era. Just 11 picks for those 2013 and 2014 units. 2013, you were looking at a, well, that was a 13-game season because that was the kick six at Auburn. Went on to the disappointing performance against Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl. 2014, over the course of a 14-game schedule, just 11 interceptions for an Alabama defense led by Landon Collins that season. And as we've previously talked about here on the podcast, the sort of correlation between pressure on opposing quarterbacks and the interceptions that can come about from that pressure Really, those 2013 and 2014 seasons, those two aspects went hand in hand. In 2013, Alabama ranked ninth in the SEC in sacks and also ninth in interceptions. You had safeties on those two on that 2013 team that accounted for six of Alabama's 11 picks that year. You had Ha Ha Clinton Dix, Vinny Sanceri among those players. As for 2014, Alabama fifth in the SEC in sacks and 10th in interceptions. Alabama also that season 11th in pass defense. I mean, really, for sort of microcosms on those two years, you think back to the 2013 Texas A&M game in College Station, the year after Johnny Manziel and the Aggies went into Tuscaloosa and pulled off the monumental upset. And then the 2014 Iron Bowl in Tuscaloosa, that shootout, that night game there at Bryant-Denny. Between those two games, Alabama gave up 464 passing yards to Johnny Manziel, Mike Evans, and the rest of that Kevin Sumlin coached offense in 2013. And then a year later, 456 to Nick Marshall. Kind of figured Nick Marshall might hurt you more on the ground, but absolutely shredded that Alabama defense that November night in T-Town. And really, when you think about those 2013 and 2014 defenses, corner play, by Alabama standards anyway, I think it's fair to say, pretty much subpar. You did have, again, safeties like Ha Ha Clinton Dix, Vinny Sanceri, Landon Collins in that stretch. It was also a period that helped facilitate the move of Eddie Jackson to corner prior to the 2015 season. And then he went on that year to pick off six passes as a junior. But Alabama corners, for the most part, in 2013 and 2014, victimized a good bit to the extent, even in that 2014 Iron Bowl, 
if you recall. Bradley Silve was summoned from off the bench to come in and try to help stop the bleeding and did a pretty good job in that game. Fortunately for Alabama, it had more than enough in terms of an answer with Blake Sims and Amari Cooper also having huge games through the air for Alabama in that 55-44 win. Now, more recently, when you talk about the correlation between pressure and interceptions, didn't really play out that way in 2019. Alabama was sixth in the SEC in sacks with 32, but still managed to tie for first in the league in interceptions with LSU at 17. And when you just look at takeaways... Fumble recoveries, interceptions, Alabama, as we noted with Charlie Potter here on the podcast when asking the question of whether or not Alabama might be able to lead the league in takeaways for a second straight year. The Crimson tied with 28 of those a season ago. 17 of those came in the form of interceptions. And when you come up with lists like this or you try to establish numbers in advance of a season, Try to get some hints. Try to get some clues. And in a department like this, you start considering positional breakdown. Has it been a corner that has predominantly led Alabama in interceptions throughout the Nick Saban era? Maybe it's been a safety. Maybe it's been a star defender. Well, you don't get a lot of help in that regard, especially over the last four seasons. Because for Alabama, it's gone with a safety in 2019 as its interception leader in Jared Maiden. Two seasons ago, it was a corner in Savion Smith. In 2017, it was actually an inside linebacker in Mac Wilson that led Alabama in picks. And then even four years ago, if you go back to 2016, you're looking at Minka Fitzpatrick, who pretty much split time between corner and star But when you consider perhaps the biggest game of Minka's Alabama career against Arkansas and Fayetteville, those three interceptions that night, each of them came from the star position. And speaking of those three interceptions, we, of course, recall the 100-yard return against the Razorbacks for a touchdown, which also leads us to this little nugget. When you talk about interception returns for touchdowns in the Nick Saban era, Alabama has produced one of those in each season under Saban except for 2013 and his very first season, 2007. Now you go back to those early years under Nick Saban and you thought it might be a safety that was going to lead the way in interceptions pretty much every year because you had Rashawn Johnson in 2007 and 2008 that did those honors. You had Justin Woodall. You had guys like Mark Barron. You had Robert Lester, who doesn't get talked about enough, considering that Robert Lester, over a three-year period, produced 14 picks in all. Rashad had 11 interceptions between 2007 and 2008. Like Minka Fitzpatrick, he had a three-interception game of his own. This one against LSU in 2008. Ha ha Clinton Dix in 2012 joined Robert Lester in picking off four passes. So for a while there, it was extremely safety heavy. That's changed a little bit, been more of a mix in recent years. As far as returning interception production goes, well, you got Patrick Sertan, the second coming back, with three interceptions in 28 career games. Then it gets really, really thin. 
Jordan Battle heads into his second year in the program with one career interception. That came in his very first game with the Crimson Tide. The win over Duke to open the 2019 season. Josh Job capped the 2019 season with an interception. Linebacker Shane Lee had one pick a season ago. And then you go back to Dylan Moses a couple of campaigns ago with an interception of his own. So when you add it all up between those guys, you're talking about seven returning picks from a career perspective for the 2020 Alabama defense. And even with those numbers at your disposal, it still can be tricky to try to project because for being honest, a year ago at this time, who would have had Jared Maiden is Alabama's interception leader for 2019. Jared Maiden headed into last season with exactly zero career interceptions as a member of the Alabama Crimson Tide. He goes on to pick off four passes a year ago and leads UA in that department. And so it isn't exactly wise to discount the possibility, at least, of, say, a Daniel Wright late in his career And you're left to sort of project where some of the younger players might take a big step in the coming year. Maybe it's DeMarco Ellums. Maybe it's Marcus Banks at the corner position. Again, you know what you have in Sertan. You have a good idea of what Josh Job might be able to bring to the mix this season. But there's also the possibility of newcomers impacting things, especially when you look at the safety position with Brian Branch, with Christian Story, perhaps. Maybe Malachi Moore is able to jump into the mix with a situational role of some kind. Again, it just sort of outlines the unknowns that the back end of this Alabama defense is going to head into the 2020 season looking to sort of figure out. And of course, you've got to factor in the schedule in all this. How many opportunities might this Alabama defense get to pick off some passes? Well, you're going to find out, I think, very early, as we've talked about before, for a number of reasons, with USC opening the season and Keaton Slovis and that wide receiver rotation that he's going to have to work with, Graham Harrell as the offensive coordinator for Clay Elton and the Trojans. I don't think this is going to be an SC offense that's going to be all that trepid in how it goes about its business on September the 5th in Arlington, Texas. Not that I expect SC to throw it 50-plus times, but it wouldn't totally shock me either. And with that possibility comes the potential for this Alabama secondary, replacing really four of its top five players on the back end to have a chance to make an early statement. Otherwise, you're talking about a schedule where you're going to see Georgia and Tuscaloosa going through a quarterback change, even though the expectation is that that will be a veteran quarterback in Jamie Newman for the Bulldogs. In October, you're going to see Mike Leach and K.J. Costello and that Mississippi State Air Raid offense at Bryant-Denny Stadium. That should certainly bring about some chances as well. You get into November, you obviously have a lot of transition in that LSU offense at the passing game coordinator spot at the quarterback position, as we know, going from Joe Burrow to Miles Brennan. Still some outstanding options at the wide receiver position for the Tigers in 2019. Bolitnikoff award winner Jamar Chase. You're also going to have Terrace Marshall Jr. back in that mix. Texas A&M comes to Tuscaloosa. 
the penultimate Saturday of the regular season with a veteran quarterback in Kellen Mond, with Jamon Osmond at wide receiver, with talent at the tight end positions, four of five starting offensive linemen back for the Aggies. And then you wrap things up in the regular season with Bo Nix going into his second season at the quarterback position for the Auburn Tigers. Homecoming for Seth Williams, the Paul Bryant grad, uh, Paul Bryant high school grad coming home for the second time in his Auburn career. Anthony Schwartz back at the receiver position for the Tigers. So I'm not exactly projecting an aerial assault But if this Alabama defense, and especially this front seven, is as good as it should be, especially on early downs against the run, this is a defense for a combination of reasons. The newness on the back end, again, the ability of the front seven to be much more stout against the run than it was a year ago. The expectation is that opponents are likely going to throw the football even more against Alabama than they did a year ago. With all that in mind and looking at what we hope to be a full season of college football, I'm going to go in between sort of where Alabama was a year ago in terms of number of games played and where Alabama's been a lot of seasons under Nick Saban, and that's 15. I'm going to base this number on a 14-game schedule. And I'm going to go a tick under an interception a game. So I'm going to set that over under for the Alabama defense when it comes to interceptions for the upcoming season at 13 and a half. What do you got? You going over? You going under? That's going to do it for a Wednesday edition of Daybreak here on the Built by Bama online podcast. Travis Schreier, thanking you once again for joining us here on the pod. If you haven't already, throw us a subscription if you don't mind at the Built by Bama online podcast. Leave us a rating and a review while you're there. We would certainly appreciate that as well. And of course, always keep it locked to BamaOnline.com for complete coverage of the Crimson Tide. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, everybody.